Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I'm joined once again by my very Texan co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Hey y'all, how's everything going? And uh, we got another shooting the shit edition with you today. I guess you could call it a quarantine lockdown uh, edition of shooting the shit since that is what most... Well, I should say New York City and New York State's going through right now, my where I live. Uh, has Houston, Tex- Texas, or anything done any sort of a lockdown or quarantine yet, Christian? Well, from what I've just heard from Mayor Sylvester Turner, in case you're wondering, obviously, from the recording date, uh, March 20th, no... Sylvester Turner, the mayor of Houston, did not say that Houston was shut down. Has there been any sort of restrictions or anything like, uh, or is there anything just operating as normal? Well, on the contrary, restaurants are still limited. I mean, restaurants are limited to drive-through, carry-out, and delivery only. Bars, clubs, and massage parlors will be shut. Well, actually, bars, clubs, and massage parlors will have to close as of midnight, March 21st, as of this recording. So, other than that, you know, aside from all public gatherings being banned, we're doing okay. No, okay, that's good. And, uh, I mean, because, of course, we're not supposed to be... I mean, we're probably not going to be gathering here in Houston until around May, if I'm not mistaken, until around mid-May, which hopefully will coincide with the restart or reset of the NHL and NBA seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a good, a good starting off for our Shooting the Shit edition, talking about sports that have been uh, affected by coronavirus. And I, one of the things that we can talk about is WrestleMania uh, first going on, supposed to start, originally go on with no hiccups or anything in, in Tampa, but then they the CDC passed a bunch of things saying, oh, we people, uh, gatherings of 50 or more shouldn't happen, uh, and uh, then WrestleMania, WWE, whoever, then moved their show to the Performance Center, or at least... To my understanding, some of it's the performance center. They're going to apparently be shooting different locations, like at WrestleMania 2, like uh, it did where they shot at three different arenas. But not to mention as well, they are taking from New Japan's book earlier this year and doing a two-part show. One on Saturday, and then the next on Sunday, and uh, that will be uh, the 4th and 5th of April. Um, and. Uh-huh. What do you think about that, Christian? What do you think about WrestleMania becoming not only two days, but also airing from the Performance Center and also airing from various other places, uh, obviously that we don't know about, uh, undisclosed locations, as they say? It's unique that they're doing this as a two-nighter because, of course, as you mentioned, New Japan Pro Wrestling done their two-nighter, you know, at the beginning of the year, January 4th and 5th, and it was, it had rave reviews, so to speak, but they also had, like, the opportunity to showcase in front of a live audience at the Tokyo Dome and the 
I mean, at the Tokyo Dome and at Kurokin Hall the following night for New Year's Dash, you know, on January 6th. So they had the opportunity to, you know, show their stuff toward a live crowd. But as far as the WWE is concerned, I mean, you're saying that they're going to be taping a little bit of this, you know, over the next couple of weeks, right? Uh, I um, Are they going to be taping it beforehand? I don't know. It, it hasn't really been clear. I just assume it's going to be live, that they're just going to do it live uh, uh, like they've always done every WrestleMania. Uh, they're just, you know, maybe just going to switch, you know, the channel, satellites or whatever whenever they're uh, going to go to whatever the other location is for uh, uh, that match or whatever. Um I honestly, that's, see, that's the thing that I'm, I'm really intrigued about. Uh, not so much the two-day thing, because, let's be honest, I think well, I think WrestleMania could do without two days, let alone, you know, eight hours, whatever the absurd time that it goes uh, now. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious about the how they're going to do it, presumably in empty arenas, but also just in different areas of the, uh, of the I'm presuming, the United States. I don't think they're going to be going to the UK or anything to uh, shoot any, uh, anything. It's just, it's, an, it's intriguing just because it is not something that Mania has done, well, since WrestleMania too. But even that one, that was done at arenas where they sold tickets. This is just going to be entirely, like, I have no, I, I just can't figure out, like, what, what, how this is going to be done. And, I mean, if you think about it, in 86 when they did Wrestlemania 2 from various locations obviously the Rosemont Horizon now known as the Allstate Arena in Rosemont Illinois Veterans Memorial Coliseum which is now a part of NYCB Live on Long Island and the now defunct LA Sports Arena which now has made way for Bank of California Stadium home to LAFC of MLS but still, the fact that the WWE is even thinking about doing this in various locations, they forget to realize that the performance center that they wasted millions of dollars on, billions actually, you know, they could use that as their singular location to put everything together because they got the, I mean, they got all the money in the world to basically make that you know, their central proving ground, which, of course, they did. A question for you, Christian. So, does this devalue the name of the, the WrestleMania brand? Because let's be honest, you know, even people who aren't WWE fans or even wrestling fans, WrestleMania is always kind of like that one exception. It's, you know, it's like they call it the Super Bowl of wrestling for obviously good reason. It's the one show that everybody paid, that many people pay attention to. And you know you can hate WWE mm-hmm. as much as you want, but every you know people you people are either going to pirate it, they're going to go to a friend's house to watch it, or they'll just get the network for that one uh, for that one month to see WrestleMania. Do you think that mm-hmm. after for nine dollars and ninety nine cents a month, mm-hmm. or, or or the free uh, the free trial um, that seemingly seems to pop up in my email every uh, near every WrestleMania uh, time, but nonetheless. Do you think that this will devalue the, the WrestleMania 
name in the future? I don't think it's going to devalue it as much as it will, you know, the surrounding weekend for it. Because if you think about it now, and I don't know if you read anything about this beforehand, but of course there were supposed to be, like, independent promotions doing events around WrestleMania. Obviously, it's been the big thing to do over the last few years, especially over the last five but this year with WrestleMania taking place in Orlando at the Performance Center and the Hall of Fame and the NXT TakeOver cards being moved for the weekend of, weekend of SummerSlam, which is going to be held in that one place you always hate, Boston. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> the indie promotions are going to be the ones that suffer because they plan this thing... They planned this weekend, months in advance, you know, to put this event over, to have people come out to the singular area or around the Tampa Bay St. Pete area just to do, I mean, just to watch wrestling from other promotions from around the world. And now, unfortunately, you have entities like WrestleCon who basically bet their entire house trying to put this event on. You have... The Collective, which, of course, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport was supposed to be on, and they're getting postponed. And now not only that, but I think all their events might be shown on this new independent wrestling.tv platform so that there's no way we're going to be able to see the shit. Uh, but yeah. still, if you think about it, though, I think it would be great. It's great for the WWE to do WrestleMania, you know, in their own facility, but it won't devalue it as much as it will the experience, of course. Mm -hmm. um, are you at all interested in this year's WrestleMania? Flat out, uh, honest answer. To be quite honest, not at all. I mean, I would be if there were other events surrounding it, but to me, especially now, considering the fact that, you know... WrestleMania is going to be two nights, unfortunately. I mean, even though, yeah, it's going to be fortunate for WrestleMania being two nights, but I'm just not really feeling it this year. <laughs> you know, I think this is probably one of the least hyped manias that I can recall. I feel like... <laughs> Since WrestleMania 11? I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, WrestleMania 11. Who was... Who was the main event of that? Was that was that the Diesel main event? Um, Diesel was in the co-main event against Shawn Michaels. The main event was unfortunately Lawrence Taylor versus the late great Scott Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, here's the thing: you can at least say that the, that that there was the that that the LT factor was clearly you know had a celebrity thing behind it. So if you want to put it from that perspective, yeah, you know, there's at least you know. From, it's at least celebrity-wise that that's why it made it interesting, but I'm trying to honestly think, like, this, I have not, like, the interest for this mania, like, I can't think of any matches that I, that I am the least bit interested. Uh, I don't care about Drew McIntyre and Brock. I don't care about AJ Undertaker. I don't care about any anybody on this card, really. It's, it's really been... It's been, it's been, it's been, like, 
devout of any interest in my personal opinion. Nothing, nothing seems to be at, and with the whole thing of uh, him, them having you know Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, totally forgot about that. What, like, there's nothing that that stands out to me as yeah, that's a WrestleMania match. You know, there's always those WrestleMania matches, those matches that remo- that that feel like a WrestleMania. I feel like these matches have have no value at all, and they could just be on a Raw or SmackDown. Or anything, or like, or Saudi Arabia show. Oh God! Don't fucking talk about those damn Saudi shit shows. Uh, but you do bring up a good point with the uh, WrestleMania weekend shows. Those were the ones that were that were hardest hardest hit, and especially when uh, the uh, Marriott Hotel at first did not want to refund. Uh, was it WrestleCon? It was WrestleCon. Uh, they didn't want to refund WrestleCon's uh, hotels. Uh. Uh-huh. Well, rates and all that stuff, uh, because they were going to uh, think WrestleCon enforced their force majeure clause, uh, and uh, because of, of WWE leaving and the CDC's recommendations of having no more than fifty people uh, in a uh, space in a large in a large gathering that sort of thing, and uh, the hotel was like, nope, you know, not our problem. And then luckily, a lot of people, including Chris Jericho, basically came out, and also a lot of I guess the equivalent of like a platinum member or whoever, or like basically tech, uh, um, sent masses to Marriott and said, Hey, I'm gonna not go to your hotel anymore if you continue this. And basically, Marriott, uh, copped out to the uh, pressure and gave them back the money. Luckily, luckily, because when they, how much was it that they, that they were gonna owe? It was, some, it was close to six figures, all right, or, or like late. Yeah, it was over $115,000. Jesus. That is insane. That's fucking insane. I know. Uh, um. Well, here's you know the one thing that they I don't know if they're gonna get their air the airfare back. Uh, that's in, I'd be interested to know that if they're gonna get any of that airfare back. Uh. I would hope so. Uh, I, I, they definitely would have probably have to get the venue the venue uh to repay them back, but. I don't know. Like I'd be worried. You know, I think. The def- those those promotions are definitely going to take a hit, a hit, and some more than others can take it. Uh, but you know, I'm pretty sure that GCW, you know, can at least take a little bit of a hit. But when you're talking about little, little, little promotions that are running out of there, like uh, I guess Black Label Pro, um, were they they were they were running out of there, right? Were they were they part of the collective or WrestleCon or something? Yeah, they were. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I also got promotions like the Wrestling Revolver and the Texas Forever group of promotions, New Texas Pro Wrestling, Sabotage Wrestling, Heavy Metal Wrestling, and I think, shit, I forgot who else. There's a lot of promotions. No, Lucha Brutal out of Dallas. It's it's basically a lot of promotions. It's going to be a a lot of promotions. Yeah, a lot of promotions. Promotions are pretty much affected. Hell, even TNA or Impact Wrestling, the unstoppable Impact Wrestling, was supposed to have a fucking reunion show, and they got canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ring of Honor. Actually, they actually no, they really got canceled beforehand when they. I mean, they really got canceled beforehand when Scott Steiner came down and almost died on their watch in Atlanta. And then, yeah, you know, Ring of Honor canceled the show, and so did New Japan, which, you know, definitely expected. Uh, 
No. I mean, of course, because New Japan is just taking the next couple of months off anyway. You know, the most interesting thing was that WXW, I think before anything happened, they canceled way before anything drastic happened, like the travel restrictions and all that stuff. Um, and when you're talking about WXW, you're talking about the German promotion, not the promotion based out of Allen, Texas. No, absolutely not. Not the Allen, Texas one. No, 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 no. The German promotion that is that is a shell of its former right. self uh, after signing with WWE or, you know, doing that whatever thing with WWE. Um, but, you know, apparently they, they're going to be moving. They said they'd be moving their shows. I'm going to presume they're going to they're going to move their shows to the East Coast area for uh, the uh, for SummerSlam. That's what I have to assume. So, you know. Boston. Well, of course they will. I mean, it would. Only, I mean, it would be wrong if they didn't have those shows take place out of somewhere in Massachusetts or Maine or Delaware, um, anywhere in New England, really. So, what do you? Uh, what did you? Did you hear about these rumors that apparently now uh, uh, front row Brian, um, a man who's both loved and hated in the sports combat sports world, I would probably say equally, reported that that WWE was that this whole thing about using a performance center, the using the performance center and all that stuff was kind of a uh, front for them to basically get their insurance money back and that their whole their whole idea was to run Madison Square Garden in July. Did you hear about that? Um I didn't but I did hear that they had to postpone that MSG show. Oh yeah, there, there was supposed to be a uh, just a, a regular MSG show, but apparently they were going July twenty sixth. I think the date was they were going to. Uh, that's when they were going to run the alternate date for Mania. Um, I'm gonna try to find exactly what he wrote, uh, just because I thought it was a very interesting. I guess you could say analysis of the whole WrestleMania canceling thing. Um, right, but all I heard about that was that they were postponing that MSG show and the South African tour. Thank you, sorry, what was that, Christian? They postponed the Madison Square Garden event and the South African tour that was supposed to precede it. Yeah, which is funny because I don't think that South Africa has really had a uh, a ton of um, coronavirus um, issues, as far as I know. Well, they haven't, but it's Africa, so you know, if it were to happen in South Africa, it was gonna spread eventually throughout the entire country. Okay, so well, here's what what uh. By Oracle, formerly known as Front Row Brian, wrote. He said, "Wrestlemania." This is and he wrote in, in in big letters, "Huge Wrestlemania rumor. Wrestlemania will not happen from the PC, the Porn Center in Orlando. Why? WWE's insurance policy says they have a duty to mitigate damage. In this case, that means finding a new venue. WWE announced Wrestlemania as a new venue with intent to satisfy that requirement. The thought is the city of Orlando will shut down the Wrestlemania event from the Porn Center." At this point, WWE will have shown they tried their best to move the event, aka mitigate damage, and they get paid by their insurer. WWE will look to stage WrestleMania June 7th, not July 26th, as I said originally. Uh, June 7th, MSG is targeted. Of course, everything is food, 
And this is a rumor at this point, point because, as you know, Vince McMahon uh, changes his mind at the drop of a hat. He didn't write that, but that's what, basically what he, what, what he uh, said. So, um, what do you think about that? Do you think that's at all entirely possible that, that WWE is expecting to the city of Orlando to shut down um, any sort of uh, non-essential gatherings and then they move it to the June show, a uh, June date that he listed? I thought the very. I well, I mean, to be quite honest, it would make sense because obviously Vince McMahon is not invincible. I mean, if he has to abide, I mean, if we have to abide by the CDC and what our gullible, waste of time, have an ass president running 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to the fucking ground. Not to mention Vince's homeboy, Donnie Drunk. Obviously, he has to listen to them, too, because, really, what would be the point of him going on and doing this event? I mean, obviously, with us watching, trying to, anyways, if, you know, everybody has to abide by the same regulations, especially as citizens of this damn country. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think it's, in, listen, WWE is run by smart people, at least on the business side. So I'm pretty sure. Um, they just fired two people, Michelle Wilson and George Berrios. You know, it's also funny that, the, that, that, you know, it's funny that, that they were brought, that they're firing and this whole thing is happening. I want, you know, it's so, you know, there's just so much turnover and just, I wonder I mean, they got fired before the whole coronavirus thing. They were fired way before that, so there's no connection. But it's you know, I wonder how things would be different if they were there because they they those two Barrios and Wilson basically changed WWE's method of doing business in the in the content era, as I like to call it. And so they based they were the they were the people who based who who helped, I think, power up the network. More so than anybody else, uh, for WWE and and helped get it to the numbers that it did. The numbers unfortunately did not get bigger, but that's you know was probably no fault of their own, just because wrestling does have a ceiling. Uh, though I would be interested to know what the numbers will be for the network after, uh, after this you know during this whole uh, po- uh, coronavirus quarantine lockdown, whatever you want to call it. So. I, I do think it's just it's just funny though that I'm not surprised that the WWE would probably think something like this. They they do have people who who run who 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 are know the who are good with those book the book numbers you know or or I guess cooking the books as you say. So if they, they know that if they would if they don't want to, if they want to run MSG, which is funny because they are, they they've been all anti running these closed arenas for WrestleMania. So it'd be funny if they actually came back uh, to MSG for WrestleMania, just because you know they're all they're, it's all about the open arenas, you know it's all about you know the Sun Dome and uh, uh, the one in Texas I forgot. Um, uh, um, AT and T Stadium. Yes, yes, it's all about those open arenas. They, you know they they the uh, apparently the closed arenas are too small even for WWE for whatever that means. Anyway, so. I don't. I don't see it as a as. I don't think it's far fetched to think that 
that WWE would do that, but, you know, as, as of right now, it doesn't seem to be, you know, WrestleMania is about a little over two weeks away, so, as of now, I'm expecting an empty arena, an empty arena performance center, uh, WrestleMania. Two days huh. of that. As long as they don't pipe in the crowd noise. What do you What do you think they're gonna do about pyro and all that stuff? Oh no, they they just can't do pyro. I mean, obviously the performance center is a small enough venue as it is. Pyro what? in that building is definitely a no go. What about What about also like guest appearances from celebrities and stuff? You think that, that's the thing is that you usually expect all the the, the past wrestlers to come in, and here's, well, you know, that that's the funny thing, is that, you know, how are you going to have all these um, wrestlers who are much older, you know, who are higher at risk for getting corona, and then, you know, you can't have them come in just because the risk of them catching something would probably be uh, astronomical. Exactly. And then, you know, the celebrities don't want to be, probably don't want to be there, they're probably quarantined off in their... Uh, Hollywood Hills home well, right now. Well, outside of Rob Gronkowski, I don't know who the hell they would plan to get, you know, as celebrity guest for this show. So why Rob Gronkowski? Why are they having him host? It is... Uh, wh why him? Is there a reason that I don't know of, Christian, that you can let us all in? Either it's going to be to keep him busy before football season, or... They probably just signed him to a contract outright because they know that he's done with football. Football pretty much killed his career. Well, actually, football nearly cost him everything. So he's on CBD medication. Well, he actually promoted CBD medication prior to the start of this past NFL season, which he worked with Fox on. And obviously... With him being signed to the WWE, it can be uh, two factors. One, it can give the WWE that much-needed celebrity exposure that they have recently gotten with Ronda Rousey and, and Cain Velasquez. And two, you know, it can give Gronk another reason to act a plum ass without all the consequences. Um, is he going to wrestle, you think? Uh, he probably will. More than likely. Um, I mean, it basically, I mean, and I hate to, you know, I hate to drag it even further and get into NSFW territory, but do you remember that one actress from Boy Meets World, Maitland Ward, you know, the one that everybody wanted to fuck? I never saw Boy Meets World. Never watched an episode. You ever. never saw. You never saw Boy Meets World. Never watched it. Ah damn. Well, here's the thing. In one of the final couple of seasons of that show, they had this actress named Maitland Ward, who was supposed to be like the love interest of the two main characters. One played by Ben Savage, the other played by Will Friedle. and she was only there to be sex appeal so to speak and so after boy meets world she starred in like a couple of films she even starred in white chicks and then after her acting career was done she got into cosplaying and then got into actually putting herself over with lewd images on instagram before 
thinking that she could, well, actually, before thinking and accepting the fact that she could make more money doing, <laughs> you know, pornography, which is what she got into doing last year. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really a tough story for me to even mention. I'm not going to get too into the details, and I'm not going to say how you can share that shit. Please don't mind me talking about this. I'm actually refrained from me saying this, but still. I just hope that when it comes down to Rob Gronkowski joining the WWE, that it would be a perfect career choice for him. That it would be a great drastic shift for him from being, you know, on a team of 51 other guys to being in there by yourself and doing as much damage as you can without damaging yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh... Actually, you actually you bring up a great point about celebrities, and this is not combat sports related, but it, nonetheless, it is still in the news, and it's something okay. that Go I ahead hate. And speak about this because I know you want to. It's something that I hate. Celebrities talking about things outside their bubble, and one thing that you have to learn is, uh, and actually, I'm not. I'm going to steal from letter letter red letter media. Uh, you know who Red Letter Media is, uh, Christian? Unfortunately, I do not. Uh, they are a movie review channel on YouTube, and they're actually they're the ones who made those those long Star Wars videos. Do you remember those those like reviews of Star Wars that are like two hours, three hours long on YouTube? Um, can't say I do. Um. And, well, they basically, in one of their reviews, um, where I think they were talking about the Oscars, and they and they uh, brought up uh, how basically uh, almost everybody in Hollywood is an asshole, and that is very true. Oh, you know what? Did they also mention that one speech from Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes where Ricky basically talked about celebrities, you know... Basically talking about, I mean, talking about themselves and about other causes instead of, yes. you know, getting their piece in and getting the fuck off. Yes. Um, and as somebody who does work in the film and TV business, I guess, you know, most celebrities are not nice people. I can tell you that for a fact. And when I'm saying celebrities, I'm talking about people who are not... I'm not saying exclusively actors or actresses. I'm just talking about people whose name value is known to others. They happen to be mostly actors and actresses, but uh, anyway, let me just get to my point. So Gal Gadot, the actress who played Wonder Woman, uh, the new one, not the uh, old one, uh, she and a bunch of other celebrities who I recognize maybe like two or three did like a video montage of the incredibly overrated song Imagine by John Lennon. Uh, And... Um, it's basically, an, you know, it's celebrities under quarantine seem to be a lot worse than not under quarantine. I've come to realize they have no idea what is going on in this world, nor do they have any true desire to help what's going on. I mean, what, what is, what is doing a song about Imagine supposed to do? Is it, is it going to help people get tested? Is it going to help with a vaccine? No, it's not. It, this is a case of stay in your lane. This is this is like when Meryl Streep insulted uh, MMA at the Oscars, uh, at the Golden Globes. 
stay in your lane with shit that you don't know about. I don't talk about rocket science. I don't talk about uh, computer engineering because I don't know that shit. Uh, we talk about combat sports because we know that shit. We talk about pro wrestling because we know that shit. We don't talk about anything else because we, we stay in our lane. Celebrities like Gal Gadot, who have no idea what actual people are going through right now, need to do exactly that. They need to shut the fuck up. And let, this, and let the real world try to solve this worldwide issue uh, that's going to cause other problems. Not just you know people getting sick and dying, but also economic issues. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the uh, businesses that are going to close down possibly forever... People losing money, people possibly having long-term uh, ill effects. Uh, yeah, it's going to it. It they, sh they gotta shut the fuck up. You have any thoughts on this, Christian? Because you knew what I was gonna say, but I have no idea what you're gonna say. So I don't know if you saw the video, if you have any thoughts or feelings about that. I've only seen a few pieces of the cover that these celebrities have done and of course I mean I only recognize a few celebrities in it. Will Ferrell I mean Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, Gil Godot and really I didn't really see the whole video so I wouldn't tell you the entire list of celebrities but it's basically like what they did back in the day in 1985 with a little song called We Are The World thinking that it was going to help you know, stop this whole, I mean, stop. I, I don't know what the hell was going on. Back wasn't that for world hunger or something? I mean, I was born seven years after this shit. I think that was for world I hunger or something, like, right? I think that was world uh, hunger, right? Wasn't that like world hunger or save the whales? No, it was, it was world hunger and I think the famine back in the day. Oh. But still, it was like... It's like the whole we are the world effect. You think that people are going to get by, you know, and help with more causes just by singing a corny-ass song that's nothing more but a fucking earworm, which is what they did 25 years later to commemorate the 25th anniversary in 2010 with all these fucking singers and, unfortunately, rappers that I'm supposed to care about, but, unfortunately, I don't. You know, um, either way, mm -hmm. sorry, go ahead. I mean, either way, they need to. I mean, I understand celebrities are, you know, big helpers when it comes down to, you know, trying to get people together and fight for a cause that's worth believing in. But sometimes when it comes down to stuff like the song cover that Gail Godot started, obviously. I think it would be best to just shut up and just tell us ways on how to donate to this so that we can, you know, figure out a way of how to, you know, not only save ourselves, but save this planet. Ain't no fucking song gonna help us try and get motivated to do this shit. And do you want to also, she later tweeted out a picture of her in her closet surrounded by all of her incredibly expensive clothes and basically telling us, you know, this is, uh, you know, just, you know, doing like a quarantine selfie and telling us to say we are in, uh, with like a hashtag of we are all one. 
Oh, she's incredible. She's like incre- taking after Genki Sudo. Well, here's the thing. Genki Sudo's cool. Gabudo is not. It was incredibly tacky of her to do something like that. And incredible. And it, that it, you know you know you know you ever see uh hear people say oh that's an odd flex. That's what she did. She was clearly flexing mm-hmm. what she has in her closet. And this isn't like a closet. This is like the size of this thing is like the size of a bedroom. This closet. So. It's, it, it was that, that was really gross. It was probably a walk in. It was probably a walk in and walk around cause. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It was incredibly gross and disgusting. Um, I hate celebrities. I hate our, I hate our our fascination, our 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 obsession with them. They're really, you know, they. Um, um, <laughs> who's that Christian? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pick this up in another room. <laughs> it is shoot the shit. Exactly. I mean, I you know, I mean, here's the thing. I'm like, oh, it's just making me angry just thinking about it. Um, let's go on to another topic though, because I, I'm I'm about to like throw my computer outside the window because it's like it's making me angry like thinking about it. Um, what? Because you. I mean, I can understand you're probably going through this, and I'm just, you know, trying to, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, cause a little bit of filter here, because my parents just, I mean, I think you just heard my mother in the background, yeah. as annoying as that was. <laughs> well, this is why it's called shooting the shit, because, you know, we shoot, and not only do we shoot, but also, <laughs> also, uh, uninvited guests do. Yeah, no fucking shit, dude. Um, I, w- I mean, this is why. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why I need a better mic when it comes down to recording in my. I mean, when it comes down to recording on my own. Because. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. It would be best for me to try and, you know, get my. Get my situation in order, but you know, if I didn't, <laughs> you would basically be hearing nothing but background noise all night. <laughs> and now, as I presume recording on my end, what was it that you wanted to talk about again? Oh, well, um, you know, unfortunately, during these economic times, it seems like people are losing their jobs from all facets. Of every industry, very few industries seem to not be affected by what's going on in the world, and unfortunately, combat sports sports world is no different. Um, a, UFC released a bunch of fighters. I think at least at least a dozen, or close to a, a dozen. Um, it was a baker's dozen. It was actually fourteen fighters that they cut. Really? Wow! I didn't know it was that much. I I thought I actually thought I thought it was a little bit less, but my God. Oof. Um, but one of the things we like to do here is see if, if, uh, fighters that have been released, you know, maybe we, if they would be, you know, as we like to say, rise and worthy. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to get up the list of fighters who did get the rele- get released and we can talk about, you know, hey, if, you know, if we're going to, if they should come to, uh, rise at some point or, you know. Go to the regionals or whatever, and I'm going to. Uh, this is from bloodyelbow.com. 
And the list of fighters. Yes, uh, yes, it was. You, you said it was eleven, or was it eleven? Um, or was it thirteen? I said I mean a baker's dozen equals. I mean a baker's dozen equals fourteen fighters. Oh, okay. I thought it, I thought baker's dozen was eleven for some reason. And, oh, well, damn, stupid me. I'm, I don't have the smartest mindset in the world, damn it. Well, here, well, obviously <laughs> the biggest name out of all of these is lightweight Mary Bag. Tysimov. Maribek Tysimov. Maribek Tysimov. Now, the speculation was that he got released, apparently, because of visa issues. Um, what country... Do you know what country he's from, by any chance? Originally, he's from Russia. He fights out of Vienna, Austria. Out of, of Austria, you said? Yeah, Austria. Germany. Oh, okay. Well, actually, Austria or Germany basically being Deutsch. So basically, that kind of I, that might uh, that might actually answer it right there because right now Europe, a lot of Europe is under lockdown, and so is the United States. And so an international fighter like him, um, you know, it's I wouldn't have been surprised if I mean here's the thing, he only lost one fight, uh, and he did miss weight for another fight uh, uh, mm-hmm. before that, but three performances of the nights. Um, and uh, his overall record in UFC, uh, excuse me, as I count this right now, uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven and two. Um, UFC, UFC doesn't get rid of fighters who just win, who who win seven and lose two. That's very unheard of. Uh, so, Indeed. but what's but- to be honest, yep. I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't think he's rising worthy for the simple fact that he's Russian. Oh. I think that the next possible promotion that he'll probably be going to is Absolute Championship Akmat because they love gathering all these top Russian names that used to be at one point in time in the UFC just to get them in there. I mean, just to get them all... I mean, just to get all those eggs under one basket. Oh, well, you know, it seems like, you know, with the world of ways going now, you know, we might, I think we're going to see a lot more Russian, Eastern, uh, like, fighters from Eastern Bloc areas go to companies like Ryzen. Because, I don't think, we're, with Australia restricting travel, uh, United States restricting travel, parts of Europe, there's going to be a lot of, you know, if you're going to get international fighters, Russia, which has not done any sort of restrictions, as far as I know, well, I think you're going to probably, also, here's the thing as well, he's a former UFC fighter, and you, people, not only is he a former UFC fighter, but he's a former plus 500 UFC fighter. Yeah, you know, so he's got a good record, he's a pretty well-known name, you, a lot of a lot of promotions do want to get a name like that, you know. Not so they want they don't want to get a fighter who's you know who went two and four in UFC. If you get somebody like this, uh, that I think that says you, you kind of are, are, are giving establishing that your organization hires top talent, uh, mm-hmm. and not just people who got cut because of the loss. Because I don't believe, I can't believe for one second that he was cut because of losing. Uh, one fight, or even, or the total of two fights. I think it had to be visa issues, or some, or something extenuating. Um, I mean, here's the thing: if he use if he's in Ryzen, if he gets, if he gets signed to Ryzen, you know, I definitely would see him. They would put him in a big fight. 
you know, if if Ryzen did sign him, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him against Tofik immediately. Like a well, I mean that would make sense, but I wouldn't think that him fighting Tofik would make you know. I don't think that him fighting Tofik would be a good idea because you know those two countries, Russia and Azerbaijan, obviously are former parts of the Soviet Union. Hey, that may closely aligned with one another. Hey, that make uh, that may make a little bit of an interesting uh. Oh, interesting dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. um, now the other one, the other big name that got released uh, is a featherweight uh, female fighter uh, Tanya Evinger. Tanya Evinger. Uh, what do you think about her as a fighter? You know, she's interesting because she's one the at one point. Uh, you know, she, I would she you know Sydney. I like to bring up Cindy Dandois as one of the most underrated fighters in the women's division. She was at one point one of the few people who defeated her, uh, while Cindy Dandois was uh, going to Ryzen, uh, Invicta, all that stuff. They fought in uh, Invicta, and Evander finished her by uh, by uh, armbar, um, and, and a bantamweight match, by the way. Uh, Evander uh, was also one of the uh, many victims of Chris Cyborg. Um, in a featherweight championship match, uh, went zero and three in her last three uh, matches in UFC. Had a very she had. One, do you remember the fight? Well, actually, zero and three in her only three matches in the UFC. Oh, okay. Uh, do you remember? I see. I heard about her first as an MMA fighter when she uh, fought Yana Kunitskaya. And do you remember that the weird ending of that match? Oh, it was supposed to, yeah, I remember that. It was supposed to be a submission victory for Kuniskaya, but it got overturned due to a referee bullshit and lollygag. Well, because also what happened was that, so Evinger went into the, into the match as champion, as a Bantamweight uh, Invicta champion, and Kuniskaya got into an armbar. Evinger did not tap out, did not verbally give any indication that she was in pain or anything, and the referee... Ruled a submission, and luckily, uh, it was overturned because a lot of bullshit calls do not get overturned, and that was a great. Luckily, that uh, that got overturned, and she was actually reinstated as champion, and then went on to defeat uh, Kuniskaya in their rematch. Um, now what about her? Now she fights at bantamweight and featherweight. Um. <sighs> Really? I mean... You know what? All I can say is that if she doesn't go to... I mean, obviously, Bellator can't sign every ex-UFC fighter that gets... I mean, Bellator can't sign every ex-UFC fighter that gets cut for obvious reasons. So a rematch between her and Cyborg would be off the cards. And obviously, there's no point in her going back to Invicta because... No, she already conquered that promotion. So I guess the next possible step, knowing that she's not rising worthy, I mean, yeah, even though she's been wanting to fight international, like, long assed. I mean, all her MMA fights have been in the States, pretty much. Well, except for her most recent fight, which she lost to Lena Axel Landsberg. But the point of the matter is, if Ryzen 
doesn't pick her up, I think the next possible opportunity for this member of Houston's four-ounce fight club would possibly be in the PFL. I was going to say, if she had been released a little bit earlier, she might have qualified for PFL, but it looks, I think PFL probably has made all their decisions for who they want in. I don't know if they can put her in their uh, the women's white light division very quickly. This, uh, uh, unless somebody, you know, if somebody gets injured, then yeah, you know, I think they can definitely put her in, but it might be too late now, unfortunately, I think. Ah, oh, that sucks. Uh, I mean, that really does suck, because if you think about it, People were wanting to see her get into the UFC. Like, people were wanting her in the UFC because she had, I mean, basically, she was obviously a badass. She fought everywhere around the fighting landscape. Obviously, she fought in Invicta, Elite XC, Titan FC, Strike Force, you name it. Pretty much, she was a badass at all those promotions. And she was repping Houston pretty damn well, even though she's originally from Moses, Moses Lake, Washington. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But still, I think that it would be a shame for any MMA promotion, except for the UFC, of course, not to sign her because of Tanya's experience and the fact that she's a former world champion. Well, right now... But, the... Sorry, go ahead. But I do think that it would be... I mean, I do think that if PFL were to at least have a sweet spot, I think it would be best for them to sign her. I don't know, either as a unrestricted free agent or as, no, either as an unrestricted free agent or as a late notice signee in case one of these ladies drop out. Mm -hmm. And it seems like PFL always every year has people who drop out, get injured, or eliminated, or don't make mm-hmm. weight. Uh, that and the fact that, you know, in order for Tanya Evinger, she would have to bulk up 20 pounds to her walking weight, which is like 150, mm-hmm. 155. Well, actually, you would be past her walking weight. So right now... 155, but still, you know, so right I would think that the PFL needs to sign her. So right now, there's the three... Female fighters in the lightweight division who they have announced being a part of the uh, of, of that um, roster are uh, Kayla Harrison, obviously. Uh, she is basically PFL's uh, mascot. Uh, uh, yeah, not to mention their only women's champion so far. Uh, Kayla Harrison. Uh, we're going to say Kayla Harrison. Cindy Denois, as we said. And Laura Sanchez. Do you know who Laura Sanchez is? Um, she's an amateur standout from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who fights out of the Chosen Future. Now she... And also, we forgot that Mariana Mohias, who also fought in the UFC before, she signed on to the PFL as well by virtue of winning a tournament in, I think it was Chudo Brasil. Yeah, it was Chudo Brasil, but she won that opportunity to be in a PFL. Oh, okay, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on their roster website. They don't they all mention her. They just mention the three I mentioned. Anyway, um, you know, given what the, what the landscape might be for, for, for MMA, you you know, who knows? Cindy Dandois is from Belgium. She may not be able to come to the United States if this whole crisis is going on. And then that's when you could get Tanya Everger to come in, uh, into that division. And uh, I... I, I you know, I don't know if, if they've already 
figure out everybody who's going to be in there. But if they have an open, if they have somebody who's open, you know, uh, put her in that in that division. Um, I think uh, I think she would be good for that division. Um, right now, you know, I mean, if would you want to see? I guess the one fight you can maybe make for if you want to do Ryzen, what would you do if it was uh, Tanya Evinger versus Gabby Garcia? Oh, fuck, no. Come on. It's bad enough we've already seen Gabby Garcia bully grandmas and women who weigh a little less heavier than her. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Do we really want to see Gabby Garcia well, kill these lighter weight competitors who are normally lightweight or featherweight at best? Well, you know, here's the thing, you know. She did fight uh, Gabby's uh, training partner, Tanya, uh, uh, Tanya Evinger fought Chris Cyborg. So you got a little bit of a, of a thing there. A little bit of a I mean, would you want to do a rematch? Uh, you know, if Dandois wasn't in this tournament, would you do a rematch with Dandois and Evinger at 145 in this case? Well, obviously, it would be. I mean, it would Or 150, be or 150, 155, whatever. What about uh, uh either either or one forty five or one fifty five. It depends on the promotion. If it's not in the PFL, it definitely depends on the promotion. What about uh Dandois versus King Reyna? Again? I mean, are you seriously saying you would want to see Cindy Dandois versus Reyna Miura again? No 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 Evinger. Evinger versus uh King Reyna. versus Reyna would be pretty damn cool. I mean, if Reyna, I mean, if Reyna defeats Evinger, she could basically say she defeated a former world champion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's go on to the next name. And not to mention, if, if Evinger, I mean, if Reyna were to defeat Evinger, she could basically say she beat a women's MMA pioneer, which is what she failed to do when it came down to facing the striking biking Caitlin Young. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next name on the list of people who got released is Don Hyun Ma, the maestro from Korea. Um, and he, South Korea, not oh, North. Of course, of course. Um, who had a very under 500 record in the UFC. He went 3-5 and five in the UFC. Um, and his overall record is 16-11-3. Mm -hmm. Fighting out of Busan, South Korea and Busan team back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was a lightweight, uh, not in drinking terms, I mean, I mean in his weight division. So, uh, I'll be honest, I can't recall ever seeing any fights with him. Um, do you, what, is there anything you could tell me about, uh, about Dong, Christian? Hell no, I can't really say I watched any of these, uh, I can't really say I watched any fights of his either. And instead of being road, instead of being rising worthy, I think he would be best suited for road FC. Mm -hmm. He does train the same uh, place that Stun Gun does, and I believe also uh, Hams, uh, C O H Ham trains at Busan Team Mad. Um, that, I think that's that's probably that's like literally the top team um, in South Korea, uh, where all the top fighters go to or train from. Uh, so. Road FC, well, uh, has Road FC even announced any shows at all? I can't, I can't. How many shows have they done this year so far? I think zero. I can't, I haven't heard anything. 
they were supposed to be. Remember, they were supposed to be doing some. Were they supposed to be doing some sort of tournament or something this year? Uh, to uh, make, to, I think so. I mean, yeah, you might probably think about it now. I mean, considering the fact that their lightweight champion is Mansour Banarwi, who I think is rising worthy and still is, if they, you know, find some type of suitable fight for him to be in. But still, I don't. Uh, World FC, I just don't know what the hell is up with them these days. We're like nine, close to 90 days into the new year, and they haven't done one event. Mm-hmm. Yep, I just checked. They haven't done any shows. They're actually, they said that their next show is supposed to be on April 18th. So I don't know what, if they were supposed to do a show earlier, and then, you know, coronavirus obviously fucked that all up. Um, but I'm looking at, at this show right now, and uh, Road FC 58. Um, yeah, they have nobody listed for this show at all. Uh, in that and case, that says, I'm surprised if it ends up getting canceled and they have to regroup everything for the summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Road FC was one of the promotions I really looked forward to quite a few years ago, and then as soon as it went in the zone, that's when they seemed to be just, just they just did a nosedive in terms of quality and just everything as, as a fight promotion. Uh, they have not been the same since then. And uh, it's very disappointing. Very, 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 very disappointing. Um, I see. So the next name we are going to jump off the list is a New Year's baby born December 31st, 1986. He is the Black Eagle Chance Rincontour. A member of the Osage Nation fighting out of Pakushan, Oklahoma. His UFC record out of the 14 and 4 record he has overall in professional MMA, his UFC record was 2 and 2. Winning over, I mean, defeating Kyle Stewart via submission, defeating Ismail Nara via decision, losing via decision to belong. Remember the name Muhammad getting knocked out in his most recent UFC fight at UFC 254 at MSG back on November 2nd by Lyman the Terminator or the Cyborg. Good. He is 2 and 1 in Bellator, obviously fighting on the post limbs, with an impressive submission victory over Justin Patterson via Barbo choke to his credit out of those three fights in Bellator. But to be quite honest, do you think that this guy, I mean, obviously, he's not rising worthy by any stretch of the imagination, but do you think that he would be more suitable to fight in Bellator or in any other promotion away from rising? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I, definitely, he, I mean, he probably has an open door to Bellator, you know. I, uh, he, I'm guessing he, he, so I'm looking at his record. He, he was in Bellator 2017. That's Scott Coker's. Bellator, he definitely has an open door. Scott Coker, numerous times, will will give will will bring back fighters who he's worked with. You know, going as far back as the Strike Force days, or as you know, to the Bellator days. He he has no problem bringing people back. Um, the way I mean, it, yeah, I can understand that, but it's like I said beforehand, the UFC. I mean, Bellator can't pick up the UFC scraps. That's true. All the time. I know that's true, but you know, he didn't necessarily have a bad record. I mean, it was two and two, so there's worse records. Um, plus, the welterweight division and Bellator probably, you know, can always use some good people. 
but you know, if you want to talk about Ryzen, let's just say, you know, oh, hey, what about Ryzen? Welterweight division in Ryzen, still sparse as fuck. So, you know, if he got signed to Ryzen for welterweight, I would not be surprised because it seems like they are desperate to get some welterweights in there. Uh, but I, I definitely see him going back to, to Bellator um, at some point. Um, you know, maybe on an Oklahoma card or East Coast card. Uh, on a, maybe, you know, you know, I forgot he is Native American. So, you know, doing a show on Indian reservation of some kind, really, <laughs> you know, you mean like an event in Temecula, California or something? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, why, why, uh, what Scott Coker likes to give people chances. We saw that. We see that with Nick Newell, um, uh, who's, who didn't get the UFC contract and then, uh, Bellator, uh, swept, uh, swept him up. Uh, so it, it seems like Scott Coker likes to give people who have very interesting backstories, uh, chances, uh, in his promotion, Bellator. So, so if, he, um, if, if he comes to Bellator, I won't be surprised. Uh, is, is, actually, is PFL doing welterweight division this year? I think they are. Because uh, yeah, they got Roy McDonald, they got Ray Cooper, um, yeah, they are doing a welterweight division this year. I'm not surprised that they're not doing a middleweight division this year, but they are doing a welterweight division again this year. So certainly, I could definitely see him being signed as maybe an alternate or replacing somebody in the uh, in PFL. Um, somebody gets injured or hurt in that welterweight division. Though I think the competition in the welterweight division, I don't think I think he's very. Uh, I don't think he's at the same level as some of those guys like Ray Cooper or certainly Roy McDonald. So if he's brought in, um, I don't expect him to go far at all in a PFL tournament. Uh, not at all. Um, and actually, you brought up the name of somebody he, he defeated uh, in UFC uh, who also got released, Christian. Ismail Narudev uh, from Austria. Narudia? Yes. Who got released as well? His name is not on the list I have here, but but he was uh he was released as well. Um, not so sure what they can what, what exactly what was the reason why uh, he went again. So what was his UFC record? Two and two. Uh, oh. None of his fights went to a finish. They all were decision wins. Um, oh well, in that case, I won't be surprised. If, I mean. If the PFL has already locked down names, then I won't be surprised if he ends up fighting for ACA. And if not, he had an open door to go to the PFL if need be. Um, basically, we can assume that every fighter who is, who is from Russia, who is from Ukraine, or just that area, basically ACB is, op- it's cu- is an open door for them. <laughs> That's what it basically it, it, it basically is. Um, or maybe um, what's the other Russian promotion? Um, uh, ROC, I think it's called. RCC. RCC. The That's German T Tov Russian Copper Company. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean he. Uh, I mean, there's all. What about KSW? You think KSW oh, has? You know what? I think my bet Tyson Wild would be a good fit there. Not so much. Mm. But also, we have mentioned that KSW also on hiatus as well, so we don't know when they're coming back. Um, there's all those interesting shows to watch, uh, the KSW shows. Uh, next, 
next name I have is Matthew Lopez. I have no idea who he is. Do you know who that is, Christian? Well, let me go ahead and give you more info on him. Matthew Lopez, born December 12, 1987, in Stafford, Arizona. He was a bantamweight, 5'7", 134 pounds, with 69-inch reach, fighting out of Genesis Training Center in Denver, Colorado. He had a 10-4 and four, he has a 10 and four professional MMA record and went 2-4 and four inside the octagon. So that means obviously he's eight and outside of other. I mean he's eight and outside the UFC, and obviously he's fought in King of the Cage. He's fought in RFA. He's probably. I mean, if he were to fight elsewhere, he'd probably be fighting in the Legacy Fight Alliance, because of course, due to the RFA ties, you know, as far as running that promotion. He would probably be more suitable for there. Definitely not rising worthy is what you're saying, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's not rising worthy, but if he if he gets the chance to showcase his skills more in the LFA and potentially go to Bellator, you know, gets that call up back to the UFC, I think he's not going to be rising worthy for a while. Because also, you know, like you said, he's a bantamweight. Uh, the bantamweight division in Ryzen is is filled with a lot of killers, uh, and he I don't can he hang with some of those people? Could he hang with like a Manel Cape or Shintaro Ishiwatari and Okazaki, uh, Yuki Matoya? Can he can he hang with these people? I don't know. I think I think that a lot of these fighters are probably much more well skilled than he is. Um, he also has the uh, the unfortunate uh, privilege of. of uh, Missing weight for one of his fights, and you know if you do that in Ryzen, you you're lucky if you come back. If you miss your weight, oof, you know Gabby Garcia. We remember what she had to do. Uh, the public apology, uh, breaking down the middle of the ring. So if you miss weight in Ryzen, you, you better count your lucky stars. You better be be ready to bow down to Sakaki Barasan, who 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 and beg for another chance. So don't if 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 he gets a call for Ryzen, don't miss fucking wait. That's all I gotta say to you, Mister Lopez. Now the next. Well, obviously you're saying that he's not gonna be Ryzen worthy as well, huh? Oh yeah, just based on skill as well. Um, I don't um, judging by his record, I I haven't seen him. I can't recall ever seeing a fight of his. Uh, but I definitely don't think he is Ryzen worthy based on his record. Now. Understood. The next fighter. We can talk about is obviously a French heavyweight born Christmas Eve 1985 in Sorgues, France, fighting out of Avic Nom Valcruce, France. Surreal, the silverback ass, six feet tall, 243 and a half pounds, a brown belt in BJJ, red belt type Kwando. He has 13 and 4 professional MMA record, but he went 2 and 3 inside the octagon. Now, considering the fact that France has just opened up, you know, regulations for cage fighting to be legalized in their country, even though, of course, you know, that first event inside a cage is going to have to be put on hold due to this whole COVID-19 thing. Do you see Asker potentially fighting 
I mean, potentially having a fight in the future, because of course he, I mean, for those who don't know, he fought three times in EFC worldwide out in South Africa, became the PF, I mean, became the EFC Africa heavyweight champion. But do you think that eventually he'll get that opportunity to fight elsewhere or potentially fight in France because of this? No, that'd be great, you know, being the first, uh, Sanctioned MMA fight in France, um, particularly getting the main event. That'd be great. Um, don't know when that will happen though, because like you said, COVID nineteen fucked up a lot of shit. Um, he's a heavyweight, uh, so it's definitely you know he definitely heavyweights always have it much easier than other weight classes just because you're a heavyweight. So uh, he's got that going for him. Um, you know if if, if uh. He makes it to Ryzen. I wouldn't see him lasting that long in, in a heavyweight or openweight division, uh, uh-huh. just because of the talent that's there. Uh, I think they're much better, much better fighters on on their roster than, than he is. Um, I mean, if you wanted to, I guess the fight that if you want to make might that could be potentially interesting is him versus Big Brother Sergey Shemitov, maybe. Um, but other than that, you know, I think I th- it sounds like he. Maybe, you know, as of right now, if international travel is an issue, France might be the one place where he will be able to fight after, you know, COVID-19 is uh, contained. I mean, either that or he'll probably be fighting for this Aries FC promotion that just had their first show. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great as well. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know. Again, again, the question is uh, not if but when because, like – like you said, COVID nineteen, and if if that uh, if that's not solved soon, you know he could be waiting on the sidelines for much longer, especially if he's not getting calls from uh, Japan, or Korea, or China, or you know Bellator's calling uh, for a state show in the United States, or I should say in England, uh, they happen to uh, get back to running in their shows regularly. Another fighter on this list is obviously, you know, the Russian from Mokakala, Dagestan, Russia, Ali Murtalazia, 14-2 overall. He is a one-and-done UFC fighter who knocked out, I mean, pretty much beat the wind out of C.B. Dalloway at UFC Fight Night 136 back on September 15, 2018. But unfortunately, he was caught up with USADA. Obviously, he, I mean, the former Fight Nights Global, I mean, the former Fight Nights Global world star, the former Fight Nights Global middleweight title challenger, you know, he can't fight for a long while. He can't really fight for, I mean, no, actually, he can't fight probably until next year, obvious reasons, due to this Usada thing. But do you think that if ACA doesn't pick him up, and he would be wise and have a rematch with Dalloway? Well, you know, well, I don't think a rematch with Dalloway is is something that fans are going to be clamoring for. You could definitely bring him in to Ryzen. I definitely think in your light heavyweight division. I mean, he he went off on the UFC. Listen, if they if they can bring in Shurtakov, uh, who also failed a drug test and who didn't even make his UFC debut. Because of that drug test, they can obviously. I think they're gonna make no qualms about um, signing this guy. Um, Bill, uh, you know who would you put him up against in Ryzen's lightweight, light heavyweight division, which is obviously 
now incredibly sparse with Jiri leaving and it looks like Jake Hune maybe not to, not to going down the light heavyweights at some point. I mean, the only fight you could probably think of is uh, him versus Simon Beyond. I think that'd be a very interesting matchup, you know, two kind of... No, up- that, to me, that's only if Vitaly Shumatov ain't going to be fighting Simon Beyond. That's true. Now uh, that you think about it. Well, hon, for, you mean... No, it actually, no. What the, what the hell am I meant to say? If Ivan Shertikov ain't fighting Simon Beyond, which would now be the most possible fight happening. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that uh, Simon um, Shertikov is, is going to be doing any uh, more light heavyweight fights. Uh he just had his first fight at middleweight, and it looked like a totally different person. And yeah, lost but he it. still lost to Yasube Inamoto. So, I mean, maybe he'll go back up to light heavyweight. Who knows? Uh, they'll have to do the, the uh, thing from uh, Batman and Robin, you know, do the Bane thing. You have to hook up the, uh, the, uh, the tubes to him to get him back to the light heavyweight uh, weight, uh, maybe. But um, I think I'd be more interested in seeing uh, Halid versus... Uh, beyond just because they're young, um, they're they they've got incredible they got good records, um, and I think it'd be a great uh, a great opportunity to potentially see you know who they can focus on in their light heavyweight division now that uh, uh, Jiri is in in the UFC, and they, I think that personally would probably be the best thing to do, uh, promotion wise, especially because you're gonna have you'll have no issue getting these these fired from Russia. Um, Beyond, who's uh, he trains out of Italy, right? Yeah, he trains out of Italy originally from Cameroon. So let's let's assume for the fact that uh, that's the other issue as well. Now that Italy is basically blocked off from the rest of civilization, we may not see Simon Beyond potentially ever again in rise. At least this year, who knows? So if you want, you know, yeah, like you said, you might have to do him versus Shurtikov in that case. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who else. I'm trying to think of other light heavy. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to see him versus Stevie Dalloway again. It's not. It's not a fight that you. It's not a fight I really want to see at all. It's really not. So yeah, go Shurtikov. But ACB another, ACB certainly has an open door for him. Sorry, Christian. Go ahead. Another fighter that would be more suited to fighting there. I mean, another fighter. Women's fighter who would probably be more suitable to fight in either the PFL or Rising, Talita de Oliveira Neves Bernardo, otherwise known as Talita Bernardo, 5'4", 135 pounds with 68-inch reach, who is a BJJ black belt from Bala de Sao Joao, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. She holds an MMA record of 6-4 and four, with four wins via submission, but she was woman-handled in the UFC Going one and three in the promotion overall, beating Sarah Cheesecake Morris, but losing to Marion Renault, Irene Robles Caldana, and Vivian Vivi Fajaljo. Ladder of three happening all the way back in May of last year at UFC 237 in Rio de Janeiro. So, I mean, I bet. Do you think that there's a future for this woman to fight anywhere? Um, jungle fights, maybe. I mean, be realistic. Okay. I don't think that Jungle Fight is able... I mean, I don't think that we're able to see Jungle Fight events outside of an illegal stream. Mm. How about Chuto Brazil? I mean, that would be possible, but again, we can't see... 
I mean, the only promotion that we can see outside of Brazil, obviously, is SFT. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who the hell they are. I probably might have to search that shit and show it to you, but... Um, I'm trying, um, you know, like you said, probably Invicta, you know, where else, you, you, you go to Invicta, maybe you could have her in the PFL, but I know that the PFL is trying to establish that they're a, that, that they're not trying to get people who are coming off losses. They want to try to have fighters who are, you know, that are, they're trying to treat it like, like it's, I mean, I don't want to say a legitimate sport, but they're trying to treat it as if. This is a this. It's hard, you know. You don't get in by 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 losses. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and, but that means you don't fight. I mean, you don't fight salt for a million dollars, though. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of options for it. Ryzen is certainly not an option. Honestly, only option might be Invicta. Truthfully, I don't know what else would where else you could uh where else she could uh do her thing. Invicta might be the only one. Maybe Bellator? I don't know. Maybe you get in a Bell, you know, put her in Bellator for like a, a prelim or opening match if you ever do a show. I don't know. Wherever. But even, I don't even think she's Bellator worthy. You know what? Speaking of a fighter who probably would have very few places to go, Animate Jody Escabel, of which she's not only an Animate, but a Strongweight as well. From Albuquerque, New Mexico, fighting out Jackson Winkle John MMA. She's seven seven and one as a boxer. Obviously, she is six and six as a mixed martial artist. And she had a four fight run in the UFC, losing all four of her fights via unanimous decision. But considering the fact that there aren't that many places for an animal fighter to go, other than Ryzen or other than Road FC, would have returned to the Invicta cage, where she is 4-2, would have returned to Invicta be suitable for her. Oh, probably, yeah. That's probably the one American promotion she can go to, unless she has to go to scrape the bottom of the barrel and go to a candy cage or something. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Ryzen did sign her, did sign her for like a fight or two, um, simply because... The Adam Wake division is is a very it's a division that that they want to showcase. And listen, if they're willing to sign Andrew Magana, they're willing to sign anybody uh, in that division. Um, and, and, and the and, and for their for for close to that division, uh, Mangana, she was strawweight, right? Um, yeah, Our Majesty Angela Magana was a strawweight. Yeah. Um, I know that 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 probably uh, Escobar is a um. She 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 has fought a straw weight, but it looks like she's more of an atom weight. Um, so and also here's the other thing as well. You know that her record, she only has one finish. And it was her first fight. All of her other fights oh that she's won has been decisions. So she's also a professional boxer, apparently. Yeah, I just mentioned that she's seven seven and one inside the sweet science. Hmm. Yeah, you know, if you want to bring her in and showcase, you know, her against a Japanese atom weight, because you know Japanese atom weight presumably will defeat uh, Escobar, um, in Ryzen. You know what? I got an idea. Hmm? Instead of having her go into Ryzen, how about having her go into Pancrase and face off against Emiko Raika? Um, that 
that's not bad. That's not bad. I was going to say. I mean, deep... after all, Emiko Raika is a boxer herself. I was going to also say, you know, maybe why not Deep Jewels um, against, you know, one of one of the many uh, someone so the Rockets uh, from Thailand. Um, or having her face off against Yasuko Tamada, who's basically the old lady gatekeeper for the most part. Having her face off against Shotoko Shinasi in a reasonable fight instead of having her face off against, like, young girls, basically. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Her... You know, I think definitely more of her options internationally are going to be, uh, she'll have a lot more, um, uh, you know, in Japan, like you said, Korea. There's not going to be a lot of options here in the United States unless she wants to go up to straw weight. And she, that's where she was in USC, and it's clear that's not, that is not her weight class. Also, she's five foot one. That is very small for a straw weight. Uh, so, obviously, um, she is going to, uh, she needs, I think her options at Adam Waits will have to be international. Understood, understood. And speaking of international fighters, let's talk about the most recent, one of the most recent Canadians that have been in the UFC, Kyle Preprolak. No, Kyle Preprolak, who is 12 and 7 overall, fighting out of Windsor, Ontario. That's in, Cam that's in Eastern Canada, folks. And he went 0-2 inside the Octagon, losing to Nordine Talib and Austin Hubbard on some recent ESPN Plus shows. Do you think that, uh, do you think that barring a return to the Great White North, that he would do well internationally, at least along the horizon? What weight division was he? You said he said he was welterweight, or was he lightweight? Lightweight. Okay. Um, well, actually, I'm going to read a little comment from him um, that he said about his uh, release. He said, it was fun while it lasted. Once everything is done, settled, I'll get the ball rolling and get back in there. Uh, he thanked the UFC for the opportunity. He said, he'll prove myself worthy again. Time to get back to work. Time to be better than ever before. So it sounds like he's going to try to, you know, he's going to be, do the Ben Saunders thing to uh, get back, or I should say also the Andre Olofsky thing, where you improve your record and get back in. Which, you know, is not unreasonable. Uh, he is 30. Not not too young, but not too old for a fighter. Um, I, I It's... Uh, I think, you know, obviously the lightweight division in the UFC is very, very much a packed um, division. And based, you know, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you can get down to welter, featherweight, probably not, because I'm looking at him, I'm like, Oof, I don't know if that person can get down to uh, uh, featherweight. He did have one fight at welterweight, though. That was his, um, in USC. That was actually his debut, um, where he lost to Nordin Taleb. Um, I think he's going to try to go, go back, gun back for USC, you know, try to get some more, some fights, maybe on the Bellator, uh, LFA, maybe, or, or you know, reach a uh, higher, higher class regional circuit. Hey, you know, who knows? Maybe Ryzen will sign him as a lightweight. Um, trying to think, what promotions in Canada right now, um, would he be able to other go? Than, other than Unified MMA in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, by the way, I don't think that they're, I mean, other than Unified MMA in Edmonton and TKO MMA in Montreal, I don't think that there's any, you know, other promotion. Oh, and Battlefield FL out in Vancouver as well. Mm -hmm. he, other than that, there's no other options. 
He was in Bellator before, though. He had he went one and one in Bellator, and uh, I think this is the um, Bjorn Rebney era because this was back in twenty twelve. So, you know, I guess you know you could say that was a different era of Bellator. They they probably would have no problem uh, taking him back and uh, trying to. Uh, you know, giving him a second run of Bellator, and based on that, he may, you know, if he's successful, he could definitely uh, uh, come back in UFC. I think. Um, I don't see any. I don't really see any international options for him. Uh, I think he he's gun, he's gung ho on getting back to UFC uh, and staying uh, North America side, I should say. Right, right. Another international fighter who would probably do better. You know, fighting in PFL or elsewhere around the world is Marcos Dalsim Marciano. 6'2", 154 pounds, a lightweight from Crawufos, no, Sao Paulo, Blanquillo. He's 6-6 and overall, went 0-2 inside the octagon, getting submitted by Groovy Landon Venata and losing via decision to Claudio Fuelas. So, obviously... Where do you think he would be better suited in? Uh, he's not Risenberg. He's mm-hmm. six and six. You could definitely put him in a Bellator prelim. Um, yeah, a Bellator prelim, you know, at most or postlim. Um, yeah. I don't know. Either what, that, or he'd probably be fighting. I mean, he'd probably be better suited fighting in one of these Brazilian promotions, like a Chuto Brazil or Jungle Fight or something. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, we're not trying to downplay the guy because the dude is a skilled record. I mean, the dude is a skilled fighter despite his 6-6 six and six record. Yeah, um, but unfortunately, you know, the, the talent pool that he's going to probably face up against, you know, mm, I don't know. In the future, um, I don't know. He, it might be just a case of where he's just behind the curve. He is 33. Uh, also, so he's a little bit old in terms of MMA years, and you know, six and six, twelve fights, uh, pro fights. Uh, he may not, he may not have that much fight time left. Um, uh, I think if, like you said, those options are very, very, very limited for somebody like him. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Another fighter to talk about is Isabella Bellina de Padua. Who fought in the UFC? I think uh, no, it actually her professional MMA record is five and two. She's from Campinas, Sao Paulo, Brazil. She fought actually no, she only fought one time inside the octagon. That was a loss to Anger Queen Arkiyanitsky back on November sixteenth. But she got caught up with steer. I mean, she got caught up obviously with Usada and got suspended but got fired during her suspension. And now, I mean, he's five feet four, 130 pounds. Do you think that Invicta would be suited to sign her despite her issues, or do you think it would be best for her to just go back to Brazil? Well, if she, if she's, if she's, if she failed that, that drug test, uh, uh, you saw a drug test, she probably would not be uh, eligible to fight for Invicta. No, she wouldn't be, because Invicta still fights under unified rules. She would know she would have no she could not fight there at all if, if she was released not due to uh failing that drug test probably yeah but she's gonna have to probably go back to sft in brazil which is where she started um mm-hmm. 
use it. She's a flyweight. Um, I guess if you you know, Ryzen does have a women's flyweight division. They got Shinju uh, in that uh, division. They got Justina Haba. They got Kana Watanabe. Um, but I think those are infinitely better fighters than uh, than probably uh, Bellina is. So. I mean, you know what? Come to think of it, you just mentioned Shinju Nozawa Oakland. We haven't heard much from her over the last year. What are you suggesting? Well, would you suggest putting those two in a fight together by any chance? Maybe? Um, uh, I don't think it would be wise, but I don't think it would be wrong either. Uh, I think that Shinju, she lost her last fight, I believe. Uh, I think it was, it was to Justina Haba. And then um, she was supposed to have a fight, another fight, but then that got canceled because she got, I think she got injured, I believe. And so if you wanted, you know, let's be honest, if you want a fight that I think that Shinju can easily win, you put her up against Belina, um, that she, she should easily win that fight. If she doesn't, then, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, again, the options are limited for her, at least stateside, because she, because she'll still be uh, suspended. So... Um, yes, either Brazil or maybe Japan, maybe South Korea, who knows? Uh, of course. And the last fighter on our list of people who got cut is a native of Chen, Chengdu, China, 5'8", 44-pound Liu Xianhong, who has an 18-6 and six overall mixed martial arts record and never got the chance to fight inside the octagon. He was... Supposed to fight Mozart Evloya on the same card where Jean Guelet made history in defeating Jessica Andrade to become the first Asian born UFC world champion. But unfortunately, Lou got cut in training, so he was only there for a cup of coffee. But considering the fact that obviously China is trying to get back together after. You know, this whole COVID-19 pandemic, and the fact that it's not going to be, I mean, the fact that this dude is probably going to be denied from most major MMA promotions around the world, obviously, he's not going to be fighting in ACM. He's not going to be fighting in the TFL. He damn sure ain't going to be fighting in Ryzen. So where would he go if he's not going to be fighting in Kunlin or Wulin Fang or any of these other promotions? in China or around the world. Oh, yeah. So, actually, you know, the funny thing is, um, he is a train partner of Yadong Song, who's a uh, fan favorite in the UFC right now. Just thought I'd point that out. They're from the same camp. Um, I think what's, um, I, you know, it's, it's good. I wonder, you know, with the exception of, like, obviously, Zhang, uh, Zhang Wei, uh, what are, is going to become of fighters, chi fighters from mainland China? Are are countries going to want these people? I, sh I shouldn't say these people, but are countries going to want fighters from mainland China? Basically because of how this whole thing of, of coronavirus went down? Listen, we can't, you can't not ignore that there is anti-Chinese sentiment around the world. And it's, 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 it's unfounded, it's unjust. But that's, the, that's what the world is feeling towards China right now mainland China. So if, if there's, I know that, that, you know, we have the travel ban in China right now. Uh, so he probably, he would not be allowed to fight. Well, he got cut from USA anyway, but, but they try to book a fight now. He, he wouldn't be able to fight in USA. Um, 
I don't know if other countries have that that travel ban uh, from uh, for anybody who's a Chinese um, uh, of Chinese nationality. But if they are, there's going to be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually a lot of countries uh, put that forward. He has a good record. He's 18 and 6. Um, one, one fight uh, winning streak. Um, it's kind of shitty that he got cut from UFC without actually stepping in the octagon. That's, I don't know, I'm not so sure what the modus operandi behind that is. It's, that's very strange. UFC is not even really like, like if you fail a drug test or something, that's understandable. Because then you can't use them for two years. You have them under contract. Um, I know if they're not, not paying the guys under contract, they only, they only get paid when they show up in fights. But, you know, you, you want to supposedly cut the fat. Here's the thing. He's a featherweight. He's a featherweight of a good record. He is... Can, yeah, he can easily... He can definitely be part of an organization. You know, when this whole coronavirus thing blows over, um, hopefully, you know, and... There's no, there's not Chinese anti-Chinese sentiment anymore. You could definitely, I would definitely say, you know, Ryzen needs some um, featherweights. Um, Bellator probably could use some featherweights. Um, I don't, uh, I guess if you want, you know, who PFL uses a lot of fighters from China. You know, definitely have them as an alternate in case somebody gets injured um, or eliminated or whatever. Mrs. Wade or whatever. There's there's many options for him, but the problem is in the current state of affairs, it's very hard to figure out what those options now. Truthfully, probably realistically, right now at this very second, nine thirty nine March twentieth, uh, two thousand twenty, his only options probably are China and or Russia, ACB, RCC, yeah. something along those lines, and yeah, that's those are probably the only only options I can honestly think of. Exactly, but if you look at his record, and I'm looking down the list, he's 18-6. Half of his wins are via finishing. Half of his wins are via finish. Two of those finishes, one in the U.S., obviously his only fight in the U.S. was in Hawaii all the way back in November 2015 when he defeated some Hawaiian jobber in 3 minutes and 29 seconds of the third round. The other of his victories against an American opponent, obviously he's 3-0 and against American fighters, but his most famous victory against an American fighter was against a beaten down, worn out, and I hate to say this, trashed to the ass, <laughs> Charles Felony Bennett, <laughs> via five-second knockout, corner stop. So, I'm guessing the UFC picked him up because of the fact that he beat Charles Bennett in five seconds, and that was really the only available footage that people actually gave a damn about. Listen, you know, listen, if, you're, you, if you become, like, a viral or mean fighter, the UFC will sign you. We've seen that with uh, Michael, Miguel Pereira. Well, what was it? Michael Demelidor Pereira. Pereira, yeah. Uh, we saw that with Ben Enwin uh, when he beat up the tattoo guy. If you, you, if, if you become, yeah, like, like if you become a meme fighter, you will, you will get signed by UFC. There's, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean to be honest, look at what happened with Emil Weaver beat when he beat up Osimar Paul Harris. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that with um, um, with uh, Emil Meek. Um, 
so yeah, that that does happen. You you can you can get uh uh you can get a USC contract that way. So not no surprise that he got signed based on that reason. Um, oh, he is a good fighter though as well. So hey, you know when this whole thing blows over, maybe you could get a chance in Rise, and maybe you could get a chance in uh in, in Bellator, uh PFL. Who knows? But right now. His only options probably are China and Russia, unfortunately. I see, I see. Now, another thing, I mean, I know that you're probably, uh, we're done talking about this whole UFC releasing thing, right? Oh, damn it, shit. I'm sorry, connection issues. Mm -hmm. But still, we're done talking about the UFC signing thing. I just talk to get your opinion on this. What are your thoughts about, you know, the UFC basically playing Billy Badass and saying, oh, we're gonna... I mean, what are your thoughts about the UFC playing Billy Badass and saying to the MMA media that we are the wimpiest bunch of people in the face of the earth? Um... It's stupid. They're stupid. They're, 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 it's a... It's really, really stupid of them. Listen, I heard what Dana White said today that apparently he, like, that, that the MMA media doesn't take care of families. He does. You know, problem is, is that he, he takes care of families only when they fight. He, I, no, actually, I should take that back. There have been um, other cases where he's paid for fighters health insurance when they went to him and all that stuff. But listen, I, we could go into a whole thing about fighter pay in USC and we'll be here until we're blue in the face. Um... And I don't want to go down that route. So, um, the, the obvious, you know, was it, if you want to go back to the issue of whether UFC should have had those fights or, or was trying to prone those fights, whether it was smart of them or not, I have no idea. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I I don't know. The problem is, here's the thing. Dana White's an asshole. He's an asshole. And it's, 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 and I know that, I know that people love him for it. You can be an asshole and still be right. But you also can be an asshole and still be, still be wrong. That's even worse. So I, he's an asshole and he's wrong in this case. I have, if he does does he the MMA media, you know, we have a lot of problems with them. We 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 stated that many times before. But but in the case of them not taking care of their families, you know, most MMA media people don't make any money. So for them, for you to say exactly, I mean, look at us. We don't make any money. We're proud to do this podcast for free. Yeah. Um. So to say that you know that 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 they don't take care of families. I mean, that's more of like a fact rather than like as it is a, a flex. I guess you could say. Uh. There's really you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like rubbing salt in a wound that's that's not necessary. Um. Yeah, it's really uh, a really dumb and misguided thing of him to say, and um, you know he won't apologize. I don't expect him to, but he should really think about really think about that before, uh, because without the MMA media, you know the MMA media basically bows down to everything the UFC says or does uh, without any question, um, and uh, that's the reason why you know there's no coverage of promotions like Ryzen and. Uh, deep or uh, or even sometimes Bellator uh, or PFL just because people you know want want that UFC access they want to take a picture next to Tony Ferguson or you know or take videos of themselves reacting to Connor's uh, big return win 
uh, for for likes and retweets. So, yeah. Um, you know what? I think that could also be the case for me when it comes down to the MMA opinion, who I often promote on this podcast. But every time that particular page that I'm an administrator on posts a UFC video or highlight or headline, it gets massive appeal. It gets like likes and shares and comments out the asshole. But when it comes down to me posting anything about the Ryzen Fighting Federation or anything relating to Ryzen, it barely gets any traction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen the difference with how promoters treat media with like Scott Coker, um, who doesn't who doesn't you doesn't get this hostile uh, same with Sakaki Barra, who doesn't get hostile. Um, yeah. Really? It's because of the fact that both of those guys have been around the block before. They have dealt with greedy promoters before, and they're both level-headed human beings. Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, they're level-headed and they're smart. So, um, yeah, Dana White just being Dana White again. Nothing new in that case, I guess you could say. Yeah, no shit. And is there anything you want to say before we close this podcast, though? Uh, well, nothing really, you know. We just hope that people stay healthy. Um, respect your uh, local uh, city ordinances. If there's a quarantine or uh, whatever, if they're telling you to stay inside, just, you know, act with common sense. Don't go out, you know, keep it under 50 people, uh, your gatherings. Um, try to eat healthy, get exercise. And uh, try to, you know, stave off this, uh, this uh, whole uh, uh, pandemic. So, uh, yeah, that's basically all. Uh, with that, Christian, I'm going to throw off the, the social media sign-off to you. Okay. If you want to check out the show, if you want to follow us on Twitter, which I did mention earlier, you can follow us on Twitter at the We Are, no, at we Are Rising Pod, W. A-R-E-R-I-C-I-N-P-O-T, all in one word. And you can check the show out on YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and hopefully soon. And I keep beating Podbean.com over the head to Andrew because he just won't listen and thinks that it's not a good idea for him to get him on that site. (laughs) But as soon as we get that shit done, we hope to stream this podcast to every podcast provider there is around the globe. And as far as us, you can follow us on Twitter at ChrisGary92 and at Avenger1, C-H-R-I-S-9, no, C-H-R-I-S-G-A-R-Y-9-2 for me, A-V-E-N-J-A-1 for Andrew. You can follow the, uh, you can follow Focus Fights. We cover prospects from all around the fighting globe, the scenes of the U.S., U.K., China, Japan, South Korea, Russia, pretty much everywhere around the world that isn't quarantined half to death right now, even except for our Antarctica, we'll be able to sign. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Focus Fights, or just search for us on YouTube and Google. Type in the name Focus Fights in parentheses, because if you type up Focus Fights without them, you're just going to feel lost. Just like if you type up We Are Rising without the parentheses and you don't see the YouTube channel as the first link, 
you're going to feel lost. And also, be sure to follow the best damn fight while carrying it. That is Facebook.com slash E-M-M-A-Opinion. Facebook.com slash T-H-E-M-M-A-O-P-I-N-I-O-N. Trust me, you will not feel unsatisfied if you do. But other than that, and my goodness, another quick podcast. We just want to remind you, while you're going through this quarantine, because, of course, as of March is still in the middle of quarantine hell, but please, as a precaution, wash your hands every 20 seconds or every time you put your hand on your face or put your hand down your junk or anything like that because, of course, we wouldn't want you to catch anything but what's going on in this world right now, and, you know, we just want y'all to be safe. Spread the joy of JMMA fandom Rise of Fight Federation fandom alongside us because we we don't know you personally, but we love you enough for being fans of us, and we actually give a damn about you. I got an idea, okay. Christian. So, spread spread JMA, not the virus. <laughs> yeah, support support JMA. Fuck the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's been fun talking with y'all. We enjoyed having y'all as company for listening to us. I'm just even thankful for y'all joining us on the We Are Rising podcast. Until then, stay safe, drive carefully, take care of others as others will do for you. Be sure to wash your nasty ass hands or maybe just your ass in general. Because, of course... A fresh body or some fresh hands will do well during this quarantine effect. And remember, as Lenny Hart always likes to say as we close out the show. And just like that, we out this month. Talk to y'all later. Peace out.